You know, I had this feeling when I, when I knew that the Lord wanted me to testify that, oh gosh, here we go again. Um, as in, I do stand up a lot. But you know what? It's because the Holy Spirit has prompted me. So here I am. Now, church, they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Three things. Blood of the Lamb, word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So every time we testify, I believe we are bringing the kingdom of God to earth. Now my second point is, and nobody really likes to be exposed, but I want you just to examine your own heart right now. Is there a relationship in your life that is broken? I'm not going to say put up your hand and come forward. Don't worry. It would be great if we could do that. But is there a relationship in your life that is fractured and broken, that requires reconciliation? The cross is all about reconciliation. And this is the testimony I have to give. My beloved father, over six years ago, said to me, after an argument in which I defended one of my sisters, I don't know how much time I have left on this planet, but I don't intend to waste another minute of it on you. And that was a very, it was like a knife going in, into my gut and twisting. It was a very, very hard thing because we'd had the fight. I had been disobedient to the Lord who'd warned me before I went to this family holiday to keep my mouth shut but I'd had a glass of champagne and I was cross because he made my sister cry so I didn't keep my mouth shut. And I paid the price and I tried to be reconciled several times and nothing doing. Even two years, less than two years ago when my, my father came up for Christmas and the first thing he said to my sister when he sat down, which meant effectively I couldn't go to the family Christmas, was, don't think I want to be reconciled with that. And it was sore. And of course, a fractured family means that there is disunity without the family, especially when, when the fracturing comes from the top of the family. Well, on the 9th of June, my father phoned my sister, the same sister, and said to her, you know, there just happened to be, just happened to be, a DVD in the DVD player, and it was of Amanda, and I realized I miss her. She's so funny. And I know we don't have a perfect family. I know we don't. But I want us to be united. And a process was set in motion. And on the 13th of September, my dad and my stepmother came to my house for lunch. And it was just amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. My brother hasn't spoken to him for two years, and my sister and I have spoken to him this week, and he's coming out for Christmas. And I have never stopped praying, although I got to a point where I hardly believed any reconciliation could ever happen. And I just want to tell you, if you have a fractured relationship, please don't give up. Please don't give up. Please don't give up. Just pray. Wants to 
Amanda's story, Amanda's testimony of God's intervention when it seemed that she was cut off forever. I want us to sing Our Father, because Our Father is in the business of reconciliation. He sent His Son. And if there's anybody in your family, I'm not going to ask you if you want to come forward, you can. But if you just want to, as you sing this song, hold that fractured relationship up to the Lord. And let the Lord do it. Because in actual fact, at the end of the day, the Lord did it for Amanda. There was no hope. The Lord did it. So let's just sing this song. Lord, I, I just thank you that you came. To reconcile. It's how we see ourselves and how we see our Father that makes a difference sometimes. All the time, actually. Because if we have a wrong position, we have a wrong perspective. And it's how our Father sees us that so often hang, we, th- we think God sees us a certain way. We think that He sees every little wart and problem that we have. But the truth is, I've asked Alan to help me with this. Alan, if you could stand over there. This is one perspective of, I'll be the father in this. This is one perspective. Alan, as an unbeliever, would be over here. But Alan, if you could come and kneel in front of the cross... Now, I can't see him without seeing Jesus on the cross. I can't see him. He he is, whenever I look at Alan, I see my son. I see the perfection of Christ. It's all about position. He changed his position to one of repentance. And now all I see is the blood of Jesus. From his side, how does he see the Father? Through the cross. I'm forgiven because of Jesus. I am covered because of his blood. So position and perspective for us are really important. Especially when we think of this other word that's come now is our Father, right? Our fathers on earth are not as perfect as our fathers in heaven. We can begin to look in faith, can't we? That God can change relationships as He has. Thank you, Alan. I have a testimony as well as as I went through a divorce and two of my children were alienated from me. My other son lived with me. He really was older. He understood the abuse and the things that went on in the relationship. And he didn't want to live with his mother. Um, The two younger ones had been really sort of the poisoned well um, towards me. And it broke my heart. Broke my heart. And I told my daughter and my my youngest son, I'll do anything that you want to do as far as, you know, I'll pay for counseling. 
I'll sit and you can, you can tell me and ask me any question. I have absolutely nothing to hide. And I'll answer it truthfully as long as it's brought in respect. You can be angry with me. You can yell at me. You can, you know, tell me what you really feel. And I'll respect that. And it took a long time. I had that out there. And eventually, my daughter, I got a phone call, and she says, I have a tumor on my leg. And they, they say it's melanoma, which is a deadly cancer. And I, I, I knew right then that Jesus was going to heal her. I just said, Jesus is going to heal it. I hadn't talked to her in a long time. But when she ran into this wall, she called me. And that, that blessed my heart. <laughs> and I knew that God was going to heal her. Well, they went in to do <clears throat> the surgery to cut it out. And they said, it's not there anymore. Hallelujah. And she's never had anything back. And through that conversation, she said, I'll take you up on your offer. And so we went upset and counseling. And I owned, I'm not a perfect father. I owned what I did wrong. But I was being accused of so many things that I didn't. And the truth, the light of the truth came to it. Her perspective of me changed. And we have a beautiful relationship. Beautiful relationship with my son. And I thank God that we were able to reconcile that before he went to be with Jesus. And don't let things go. Don't let things go. God's heart is reconciliation. The Father's heart, how he sees us, is through the cross. Don't let it go. It's a, it, this is an important word. Because there are broken relationships here, aren't there? And we can pray into them. I prayed every single day for my daughter to make that call. Every day. And now we have a great, beautiful relationship. Um, I, there's a lot of things that I've been pondering over some time, and I need to just, I stitched them together with the help of the Holy Spirit, and I just want to share some of them with you because they have been such life to me. And what I share with you now is going to lead up to something that happened on Friday, um, which uh, God constantly blows my mind, and um, this is it. I first want to share with you that our measure of Christ is not measured by what God does for us, but by what God does in us. And that's a big thing. And Jesus is doing something wonderful in me and all of us. So I, I was considering when Moses had struck the rock and um, water flowed out of it to the Israelites in the desert, it gave them water is life and their thirst was quenched and so too when Jesus's body was broken and uh, at Calvary eternal life flowed out from him to all of us um, and it was released to the world 
And I have had a year of um, in and out of hospital, and I have been broken and broken and broken. And I'm very grateful for it because uh, I realize that I have been rescued from myself, from my own self-sufficiency and my plans and my backup plans of my plans. So I realized God will work with broken and humble and contrite hearts that have been emptied of self. And just when I thought, okay, I'm done, I'm empty now, so can we move? No, we're not done yet. You have a big area that we need to spring clean. So I know God's spirit is released through broken lives. And um, when we are willing to be broken, and we have such a fear of being broken because I remember I used to, when Colin was little, he'd like to sleep with toys, and some of them were knives and things like that. I'd have to peel his little fingers off the thing to take it away from him. And I find that I'm doing the same thing with the Lord when he's saying, give it here, give it here. And I say, okay, I'm... So when we're willing to be broken or surrender, his life can flow through us to others. So by the grace of God and because of what Jesus has done, we become love. So doing good becomes our normal. It doesn't become like an app. We don't apply doing good. We become good because of what Jesus has done in us. And we must please remember that the source of all our spiritual blessings um, is Jesus Christ. It's not through any clever strategic posturing that we manage to do these things because that's a world system. It's because of Jesus. And Jesus made it very simple, one motive, one motive, and that is to keep your eyes on God alone. So it's out of intimacy with God that we do good without even thinking about it. So we trust the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as we breathe and we be and we do during our day. Because I was often going, okay, there's me and then there's Jesus. So um, should I stop for this person, Lord? Let me check him out. Um, He's walking on the road with packets and uh, I'm in my car. Hmm. No, I don't think that's worthy. I don't want that in my car. Um, we have to be careful of that. Who are we trusting? Who are we trusting? And from what position are we making dis- um, statements like that from? I didn't think I knew how to hear the word of God, the voice of God, because all I could hear is me. And when you're on planet me, you know everyone there. It's, it's like amazing, me, myself, and I. <laughs> So then I became disillusioned with my own self-sufficiency, my systems, my processes, and my so on. And thank God for that, because now that's when we were getting somewhere. Brokenness was beginning to show itself. Um, Jesus rescued me from me, and more and more, and still more. I think this is called putting the flesh to death daily. So Jesus is now my surgeon, and the Holy Spirit... The comforter is my anaesthetist. And what an expensive operation. What a massive price was paid for us this way. Thank God. Because when we surrender, God works in us and transforms our minds so we become Christ-minded. 
And this leads me to a little gem of the incident that happened on Friday at 12.30, hot, hot, hot day. I'd been to Watercrest Mall, and I bought a whole lot of things I didn't really need but wanted. And uh, the heat was unbelievable. I was on Inanda Road, and it was before Le Domaine. And I was going, this air conditioning, which is cranked up full, is just not sufficient. It's not good enough. <sighs> you know? And then my peripheral vision, walking on the freeway, was this flash of green. And I go, hmm? Because like, I'm just being and admiring the new Inanda Road. And there's this very, very, very big, old, must have been a Zulu lady, And you know body language when it's just a hitch. And you know when it's a, please, stop. And I thought, that's that's weird. And um, I was just marveling about how sweet Jesus was. And there was a lay-by, and I suddenly turned in the lay-by. And I'm going, what? I had no plan to stop. Um, So I see her. She is hobbling. And it is so hot. So I wait for a bit. And then I see, no, this is a really old lady. And I start reversing, reversing, reversing. And I open the door for her. And I pull the seat back because she's a big mama. <coughs> <laughs> and she just flops into the car. And um, I had a bottle of cold water there for her. And I said, hello, ma, how are you? Where are you going? But I can see she'd been crying for probably a kilometer. She was undone. She was so broken. She was crying. She couldn't speak to me for a long, long time. And um, I realized that it was love that stopped the car. I didn't understand what was going on, but I knew that she needed to be in my car. And um, after about three minutes, you know when you get to that stage of crying, that is, and I'm getting a syllable every now and then. So I just started praying over her. I prayed the love of Jesus, and I told her to calm down. She was holding her knee, which was swollen over my gear stick. I gave her cataflam, and I just calmed her down. And there was a banana, and we just, just... rested a bit. This is now in the lay-by of La Domaine. She had said that she was kicked out of her little house down the valley. Her um, landlord had kicked her out. She was two months rent behind, and she has a daughter she lives with who has HIV, and the HIV medicine is in the house. And for the last two nights, she, her granddaughter, and her daughter had slept in the bathroom, tiny bathroom. So Jesus was all over that. The Holy Spirit was all over that because I just loved her. We prayed. I asked her where she's going. She says, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going to Hillcrest to looking for ironing job or something. And... I thought, wow, how old are you? 68 years old. So I said, and I was late for a meeting now. I said, okay, I'm taking you to to Hillcrest. Took her to pick and pay. Got her her two months rent and some other stuff. And then I said, now you are not 
going to look for a job today. You're going to get in a taxi. You're going to go back home. And I'm telling you now that our God is bigger than this situation. I was reminded right there again, and I have been a lot since I've been in and out of hospital, of when Peter was walking on the water. When he was looking at Jesus, he was above the water. The minute he looked down at his circumstance, he was uh, saturated with fear and (laughs) sunk. So, too, the same situation I was thinking about years ago, there was stone and cladding, cladding, cladding our house with stone on the one pillars. It's like double volume. And I had a beautiful flower bed there, which I was very proud of, um, with very beautiful flowers in. And these guys were cladding this thing with rock. And they were quarrying the rock on the property. And so I eventually asked my, my chaps to help me take the plants out. And the cement was dropping and dropping and dropping. Three months later, they reached the top of the pillar, and there's a thick crust of cement in my flower bed. And I wouldn't look at it when I'd come home because it offended me, especially with big gumboot marks that are now immortalized in the concrete. And one day, it was around about this time, I was walking up and something caught my eye, and it was a delicate leaf that had broken through the crust of cement in the boot mark in the boot print, and I'd forgotten that I'd thumbed down bulbs four months before that. And right there, the Lord said to me, just because you cannot see what is happening on the surface doesn't mean to say there are foundations and multitudes of miracles happening underneath. It's very important that time. So the crust was perhaps our disbelief. Perhaps it's our circumstance. Perhaps it's our rage. It doesn't matter what it will be. You know, you will translate it to whatever you need it to be. So I urge you, let's not get too comfortable in our air-conditioned comfort zones. I'm not asking us to now get physically uncomfortable, but to really position ourselves and ask what is needed, what is required from us, because it might be inconvenient, and that's okay, because we are privileged. Um, If we are not grieving over souls that are lost, we are in trouble, I believe. And the simplicity of the gospel is so simple that darkness has no hold over, no hold over us in the face of light. So... Rita's situation was full of despair, that cement, Peter's water. My situation in and out of hospital, not getting better, was frightening and frustrating. Our enemy's mission is to rob us of our belief, our revelation of who we hold in us and who we are. We are quite lethal to the enemy, actually. So in Isaiah 55:11, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Like that little delicate leaf pushing through that very hard cement which needed to be picked out. But God's will work through a way in gentleness and full of life. So... And it reminded me again of grace. Grace means you don't get something. Grace means you get unmerited favor that you don't deserve. 
Mercy means you don't get punishment that you do deserve. And um, that's my story. So I'm very encouraged by the life that happens in our daily lives as we be and breathe. And uh, just to, be, and I uh, prayed for that, um, Rita. Let's pray for you. Oh. Yeah, I'm not finished, Is Alan. Yes. yes, prayed for her, phoned her the next day. Where are you? She says, I'm in my room. He opened the doors. Praise Jesus. Lord, we just hold up Jeannie to you. And that um, the Spirit gave me recently, and it follows on directly from something you said here today. So maybe it's for you. I'm just going to sing it. Okay. There is an ocean there is a sea and it is rising in front of me the boat is rocking the waves are high clouds are shutting out the light but there is jesus and he calls to me he says come to me i'll set you free yes there is jesus stretching out his hand he says follow me on water you'll stand and I take a step away from fear towards his grip. And I take a step into his arms and I don't sink. Armor of storms, commander of the waves, Jesus, you carry me so I can be free. There is an ocean, there is a sea, but it won't rise on top of me the boat is rocking and the waves are high but through the gap in the clouds i see light because there is jesus and he calls to me he says come to me i'll set you free Yes, there is Jesus stretching out his hand. He says, follow me, on water you'll stand. But when I was sitting down, actually God spoke to me that I need to share with you about we went actually up to Bulwa, and then on our way, I've got my cousin, which is my grandmother cousins. And they told us the story like one of 
my nephew he had been involved with someone had there was a corpse been killed at Inanda or something like that. And he was a part of that killing of the corpse. And one thing, when I was, we were just sharing men, because I just saw it on TV. And I said, how bad this guy, I need them to be caught. And I did not know he's involved on those, that murder. And the next thing, he was being involved, and then he was being caught. So, and just as I'm coming to present about Monday, I just felt Monday is a safe place to be. And if he had known the Lord, he was not going to end up in such a bad crime like this and hang around with those guys. And I want to thank God. Sometimes these young people that get exposed of knowing what the Lord wants them to do in their lives. So, and I was so hurt, but one thing I was praising God that we've got the place, a safe place where young people can come and spend the time with the Lord. And I've just got a five-minute clip. Uh, uh, sorry, no, not that. <laughs> and, and, and just to show what, what these guys are experiencing, and thanks, I went to a reading program last time. The uh, joke was telling us, if you watch a DVD, sometimes you remember a lot, some of us. So I've got a DVD for you to have a look on it. Thank you. Uh, basically, that was a DVD for when we're doing Alpha. But I just want to show you, this is what these young people are doing. We come here and we worship and we go to group discussions and we have the time of fellowship and have supper. And for them to be there, most of those guys, they are coming to learn about what God wants them to do in their life. And it's been such a fantastic time to see most of the guys growing in the Lord. And we have guys from Guanyuswa, guys from Embo and Shongweni to come just to be here. They feel the presence of God and they just enjoy the moment. And I just want to thank you, those who've been supporting us with prayers and even the expenses of this ministry. We really want to appreciate for you as a church to be involved, these guys, to do this part of ministry. Thank you. Uh, Thank you to get the chance to come here. Uh, I say thanks to God to give me. Uh, I'm never scared to stand in front of you, church. Uh, that one has come from God. It's not come from me. I like to speak with the God because the God got no education. No one is no Jesus' education here. No one. So I'm standing here to remind you, church, God is need us. It must be same like to, to make us. I take you same like you, your children. When you look at children and then look yourself, God was put you there by the mind of a children. But we move it because of everything on the way. We move it from that. God is asking us where you are. We're not there. I put you there. We're supposed to answer God. When you remember the Eden, Adam, the God is saying, where you are now? He put you there. 
you must answer God. Same like Adam is answering God, I am here. And you, God is need you. You must be same like a children. Not same like you mustn't grow up. You can grow up, but your heart must be same like a children. Grow up, same like you can, but your heart must be standing there. When God is coming, where you are, I can find you there. Yeah, I come here to make that message change. God is need us. Must stay the same. When he's come to look us and then find it in the right position, that one must put us. He need us that. We move it because of uh, things on the way. And because of a thing on the way when you're going, we're moving. But we need it. We need us there. I say thanks very much about uh, the people for this church because last week, I leave my umbrella there. When I turn my head, I turning back, I see it still is there. <laughs> so that thing, that thing is make me, I leave my things in the house of God. <laughs> Thanks very much about that. So Ellen and Milan are going to be away for three weeks at Bethel to be with their children. And, uh, and on this course, this pastor's course, I think there's about 100 South African pastors that are going along. So shall we just pray for, for them both? If anybody wants to come up, let's just, let's just pray for, the, for Ellen and Milan. I know that lots of us travel overseas all the time, but this is a special trip. So. And uh, as Ellen shared last week, uh, we're looking for the birthing of new things. So Father, we thank you for Ellen and Mary Ellen. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that they've got to travel, that you've opened this door for them, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that this is not just another conference to go to, but we thank you, Father, that you have put something in their hearts. And, and uh, we just thank you, Lord, that you have opened this door and that something new will be, will be um, birthed. So we just thank you for that, Father. We just pray for your protection on them both as they travel. We pray for Amy and Anthony there on, on, um, who are studying at the moment. We, we just pray for a wonderful time together as a family, the little bit of time they will have together. And we just pray, Father, that by your spirit you would just um, really solidify this, this work that you have started. Thank you, Lord. And we pray for your hand on Sarepta while they're gone. And we just thank you, Father, that your hand is on, on all of us here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're being sent, guys, and this has a purpose, not just for you, but you are being sent. And I just think of Paul's many, many journeys. God had purposes. He opened doors and closed doors. Thank you, Lord, that you've ordained this. Father, thank you that as Alan Milan go uh, to the U.S. to receive the keys to the new room that's opening. Lord, that, that you be with them and you guide them, that you, you have their hearts, Lord. Let it be a, and thank you that you've ordained it, Lord. 
that this is not a want to be, this is a, a, it's a has to be, and it's a need to be. And thank you that you've blessed it, Lord. There's a scripture in uh, Revelation, I think it's 4, 1 and 1 and 2. And that uh, John writing says, I was in the spirit. And then I saw a door open in heaven. And then a voice saying, come up here. I want to show you what's going to happen. And I believe that's what's happening with this trip. They've been called to come and see what's happening, what's going on, what's about to happen. Thank you, Lord. You just commit them into your care as they go. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I believe it's important we anoint you guys with oil. And you do it, Greg and Joe. And Father, we, we know that this is a catalytic time in our church. Mm. They're not just going on a little holiday. No, no. But Father, you're going to download Revelation. Mm. And we prophesy and we speak life. And we thank you, Father, for new alignings. We thank you for new relationships. We thank you, Lord God, that your anointing will rest upon Alan and Milan. We thank you, Father, even as, as has just been spoken and prophesied, that immediately they will respond. And, Lord God, your anointing would rise. Levels like was taken for Ezekiel from ankle even to chest, to swimming in that river. Mm. Father, I thank you for a fresh anointing upon this church. Mm. Relationships with our Father will be restored. Mm. Positions and visions, Lord God, will be realigned, and you are doing a new thing in our worship. Mm. I thank you, Lord God, for anointing to rest upon us as a church. I thank you, Lord God, for growth as upon us as a church. I thank you, Father, for blessing upon marriages, blessing, Lord God, upon Milan and Alan. I thank you, Father, that as they go together, it won't just be a holiday. It will be a holiday, but it'll be an awesome romantic time-out experience with you, Lord God, that you will restore through them to them and to us, Lord God, as a church. I thank you, Father, that we would be seen as the bride of Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that revelation would be made clear through Alan and Milan what is about to take place to us as a church. Relief. Release, Lord God, fresh revelation to them. And Father, we thank you for this pastoral anointing. We thank you for the prophetic anointing upon Milan. Take us to a higher level, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I felt that vision. And during this time, he will refine that vision. He'll bring clarity and direction. He'll burn away anything that is not of him. He'll refine it like a refiner's fire.